Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're celebrating Pride by looking at three recent films that deal with LGBTQ issues. First up, Shanael Bose's coming-of-age story, Margarita with a Straw, featuring Kalki Kochlin as a disabled teen exploring her emergent sexuality. Then, Shakun Batra's family dramedy, Kapoor and Son, since 1921, starring Fawad Khan as an outwardly successful author, keeping a secret from his family. And finally, Hansel Mehta's biographical j- drama, Aligarh, with Manoj Bajpayee as a college professor who is suspended after it is revealed that he is gay. Well, welcome back, lovers. We are currently recording as the Gay Pride Parade. The Pride Parade is... Uh, Going on almost outside of our door. Yeah, we live on the same street as the Pride Parade here in Edmonton. Yeah, it's a, um, we live on kind of the, the party street, and our neighborhood, the Pride Parade, kind of goes through it every year, and there's a big um, sort of plaza set up close to the library here. There have, mm-hmm. you know, there's beer gardens. It's, it's going to be a big party all day long, and it's wonderful weather out, so everyone's looking to have a good time. Yeah, it's happening right now, and I think after we're done recording here, we are going to go join the festivities and wave the rainbow flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with that in mind, we decided to look at some LGBTQ-focused films from mm-hmm. Bollywood, and I'm going to say probably parallel cinema, um, <laughs> for the most part. I'd say one of these is specifically a Bollywood movie. The other two are more art cinema, right? Yeah, again, um, we find that sometimes, you know, these films are really straddling um, that line between kind of um, commercial filmmaking and more um, art house, but feature actors and sometimes directors and are put out by studios that also um, fall in the Bollywood vein of things. So, you know, sometimes we dip our toes into a few more art house things to um, discuss the kind of films we want to discuss. You know, this is something we feel that's very important mm-hmm. to discuss about kind of um, representations of diversity. So, you know, and these three films are all very recent. Um, and we're all receiving a lot of um, positive reviews. And so we, yeah, we wanted to, to check them out. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen gay characters in quite a few other Bollywood movies, but for the most part, they're fairly stereotypical. Yeah. I'm thinking of uh, the landlord character in Wanted, uh, a few of the characters in Dostana. I just rewatched Student of the Year and, you know, Rishi Kapoor's character in there as the as the dean. Yeah, they, they come from that uh, very fey... Um, outwardly gay acting style mm-hmm. that has been, you know, used to good and bad effect over the years. Yeah, um, and you know, we're not trying to say that none of these characters are um, lovable or empathetic or you know or you know well good good performances, mm-hmm. um, but they do tend to be a bit more stereotypical and used for comedic relief. And the three films that we're looking at today put the issues of a queer individual up front. That, that, that's what these are about. Yeah. As and opposed to these side characters who are potentially being used for comedic relief or you usually know, gay characters. Yeah. Sorry. Or straight guys pretending to be gay. Straight guys pretending to be gay or like very gay coded characters who have a crush on our hero. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I'll, I'll lay forth our normal um, disclaimers that we're neither of us are gay, nor are we Hindi. <laughs> so if you are one of a listener listening from our you know recent foray into um, Pakistan, India, we're getting more and more listeners out there. And just keep in mind that we are coming at this from a cisgender, um, you know, straight point of view. So any mistakes we make along the way, they're not intentional. We're just trying to do our best here. But we are certainly gay allies. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd like to think so. I mean, um, you know, we have gay friends. Uh, that's, <laughs> oh, God. That's the thing you we say. We have black friends. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing you say. But, you know, um, certainly like to think of ourselves as progressive individuals. Yeah. But, before, but first, before yes, we get before to that, we, get into it. Um, we were checking out our reviews on the U.S. iTunes site. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want to get read on the podcast, you can write us a review there as well. But we have a lovely review from Anna Rios, who says, very good podcast. Ooh, yeah. I like this review already. I love this podcast. As a lover of Hindi cinema, who is not Indian myself... There's more of us, Matt. (laughs) I love to listen to the outsider's outlook towards Hindi films. The authors come of academic background, and they lace the podcast with great info, informed opinions, and humor. Humor? I think... I I am not funny. (laughs) I think Anna Rios is mostly talking about myself when it comes to the jokes. Oh, yeah? You think so? Yeah. Okay. Um... Listeners, let us know if you find me funny. You're more of the <laughs> academic because you took film studies in school. But, yeah, that's that's the combo here. That's how we work. I bring the smarts, you bring the humor? Sure. Uh, thank you so much for that review. We really appreciate it. And it's very encouraging for us, um, you know, to hear back from our listeners. And it, you know, encourages us to watch more movies and record more episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you would also like to leave us a review, a good, you know, five-star review, please head <laughs> over to iTunes and do so. Um, and if you're not in Canada, maybe give us a heads up and, you know, send it to us on Facebook if you can, just because it is hard for us to access our iTunes reviews in other countries. But yeah, we don't, I try we, yeah. and be aware of when new ones get posted We don't know. We don't know. We, like, we don't check every country every day. So no. it's a little bit tough when it's not something that pops up for us. So... If you do, please do let us know. Or, you know, we'll keep scanning for it, too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, on to the topic at hand. We are talking about LGD- LGBTQ films and what it's like to be gay in India, I think. Yeah. So, in the kind of like 100 plus years of filmmaking in India, there are a number of films that deal with LGBTQ issues. Um, we didn't have access to all of them and on this podcast we do tend to favor um more recent films just because they're you know currently what's being talked about in the cultural zeitgeist and we can get a hold of them exactly and we can get a hold of them um and so that that sometimes forms how we make our opinions but also these three films really stood out to me um as really kind of wanting to start a larger conversation whether intentional or unintentional they're all coming out around the same time and they're all dealing with very different aspects of gay culture uh i think we would be remiss to not mention uh deepa meta's landmark film fire from mm-hmm. the 1990s very much a work of parallel cinema yeah we don't really 
consider it Bollywood. It's a India, Canada co-production. There might even be some other countries in there. Um, but if you are interested in um, films about LGBTQ characters, um, Indian films about LGBTQ characters, it's it's worth mentioning that that film is very highly regarded. I'm not a huge Deepa Mehta fan. Matt, I don't know how much Deepa Mehta you've seen. I've not seen a lot, no. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the other films I researched, uh, a film called Girlfriend, I, I just couldn't find them available anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is what it is. But I'm really hoping that with the popularity of these three films and all the praise that they're getting, that we're going to see more. You know, I'm always for more diversity in cinema. Also, the uh, first section of the anthology film Bombay Talkies is a gay romance. Also worth Mm. checking out. Yeah. So, today we are talking about, first off, in what chronological order, I guess. Yeah, we Margarita with the Straw. Do things chronologically. Yeah. Margarita with the Straw, starring uh, Kelly Coachlin, came out in 2014 and was directed by Shonali Bose. Came out in, uh, well, it played at Tiffin. 2014, but it was released theatrically in 2015. Yeah. So, you know, 2014, 2015 released. Very, very recent. Mm-hmm. Um, stars Kalki Coachland as Layla, who is a teenage girl living in Delhi, I believe, who has cerebral palsy. She lives with her parents and her younger brother, and the movie is about her kind of exploring her burgeoning sexuality, whether that's with men or women. Mm-hmm. She gets admitted to New York University and moves there, and she meets a blind girl. And falls in love with her. But along the way, we kind of see her stretching her limits and learning what exactly she wants to do with herself. Because she, it, you kind of get the sense that she's searching and she hasn't really had a lot of experience because, you know, it's, it's a bit tougher when you're in a wheelchair all day long. So it, it does present a reasonably believable portrayal of what that would look like, I think. I really want to like this film because... You know, I want there to be movies about queer, disabled teenagers, but I don't. I really don't like this movie, Matt. And I I really hate not liking a movie like this, mm-hmm. but I just, I couldn't get on its wavelength. It is so earnest. It's very earnest, but I don't think it becomes a polemic. It's, it's no. certainly not advocating for... Um, gay rights apart from you know just their normal right of wanting to love and be loved and it's mm-hmm. not really showing oh it would be super difficult to have cerebral palsy like it, it shows it in sort of a kitchen sink realistic way but it's not like look how brave she is for overcoming this yeah no it's not like trying to make larger statements like that and i do really appreciate that it's just this character piece and this film could be about any teenager. It could be about any 19-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. This 19-year-old girl just happens to have cerebral palsy and discover that she's bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, it also brings up a few more issues in that she meets uh, Kanam, who is the girl of her dreams, basically, at, yeah. at a uh, Black, Lives, uh, Black Lives Matter rally, <laughs> interestingly yeah. enough, which uh, is being... You know, barricaded off by New York City cops who tear gas and shoot guns at them. <laughs> so that was a bit off. I don't know if 
they're shooting guns. But it sounded like gun, It sounded like guns were going yeah. off. It might have been some sort of tear gas gun. Or, I, I don't know, but it it definitely <laughs> escalated very quickly. I don't I don't think it's quite the cops are shooting at the protesters. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, there's also a little bit of a uh, political aspect to it too, as Khanum is uh, from Pakistan and Bangladesh descent, yeah. and she herself is Muslim. There's there's all kinds of stuff going on in this, really, uh, all kinds of different perspectives being addressed. And it feels very realistic to a certain extent, but I also find that the plot and the script is just so pat. Yeah. And it's just like, there's no real tension or drama throughout the film. And, you know, this is not me trying to minimize... Um, a film about a teenage girl's sexual experiences. You know, I think about a film like Blue is the Warmest Color that shows that personal journey on this, you know, epic scale. Mm-hmm. This to me just felt so bland. Well, sometimes you need movies like that. If if we're coming from a cinema that perhaps hasn't yeah. had that sort of touchstone role, yeah. That you could point to and say, oh, this is the, you know, classical version of this story. Maybe this is the first in the in the Hindi cinema. We don't actually know. But What do you mean by first? Well, like the first depiction of a young girl's burgeoning sexuality who's bisexual. Like it Right. You kind of just need a baseline story to start riffing off of at a certain point. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's an argument made that the women of fire are are bisexual, but I guess they're not as young. Yeah. I, again, like I really, it's it's never fun to to dislike a film like this. Mm-hmm. It's never fun to dislike a film that you know is doing things that you find admirable. See, I, I didn't mind it. I thought Kelki Kochlin and Sani Gupta, who plays Kanam, actually did a quite amazing job when it comes to performing their respective uh, disabilities. Yeah. Uh, Kelki Kochlin. Um, Seems to have shrunk in size somehow <laughs> in order to play this very, very small, frail uh, girl who it, it really does seem like she's done a huge amount of work to learn how a person with cerebral palsy would move, how their limbs, you know, the exact difficulties you would have in various situations. Yeah. And Conum uh, does something, well, the, the Sayani Gupta who plays Conum does something with her eyes that I thought was kind mm-hmm. of amazing. Where it looks like they're just not focusing on things. And I, I tried it out myself, and I couldn't do it because my eyes aren't that great. Also, you're not an actor. I'm not an actor, but there's there's good eyeball acting in this. Yeah. And even good foot acting because you could tell Kalki Coachland's foot, she's just holding it in a pose that this sort of disability would have imposed on her. And, you know, that that's really showing a great attention to detail. Um, it, it, does, it does remind of Renny Mukherjee in uh, Black... With the the blind acting, right, and it's seeming real, especially the young the the girl who played her as a younger person in black. Mm-hmm. She was you know really really good at being believable. Yeah, I will say Kelki Coachland's performance here is for me the thing that really saved the film. Yes, uh, she's she really kind of imbues this character with. A personality and just like an inner an inner dialogue like you really do feel like you are watching this person and not this actress pretending to be this person with this 
this disability. Like, it doesn't seem like see, she's fishing for an award, for instance. No, no. This is not... Um, I am Sam or... Uh, my the Theory left of Everything. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't stand... What's his name again? That's uh, Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. I just... I, I think Eddie Redmayne always gets the award for most acting yeah. and not best acting. And I don't... Apart from Jupiter Ascending, where he does accurately portray <laughs> what it would be like to be an immortal... A uh, human-facing alien who harvests people for their uh, time left on Earth. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, but Kaki Coachland doesn't do that. I don't, I don't think she goes, you know, um, to steal the term from Tropic Thunder, full retard. Yes. Um, although we should say that her cerebral palsy only affects her um, motor functions. Her physically, it does not affect her intellect. Yeah. Um, but for those of you who haven't seen Tropic Thunder, uh, that that is referring to an actor... Going like over and above uh, the acting job to try and get an award. Yeah, playing a disabled person to try and get an yeah. award. And I don't get that sense from this performance. I feel that it, she yeah. embodies this character. It's interesting considering when we rewatched uh, Om Shanti Om with some friends last night, mm. and the movie that uh, OK, the modern day version oh, of Shadow, right. plays in that in that film where he has no hands, he's blind, and he's deaf. <laughs> Like, I don't think he has legs either. He doesn't have legs, yeah. It, it isn't And that, mute. And he's mute. It, it's not that, like, let's pile on a bunch of disabilities onto a person just for added uh, gravitas and uh, empathy. It's closer to Guzarish. Yeah. Probably not as preachy as Guzarish either. But it is, you know, in that vein of someone trying to accurately portray a character rather than portray themselves portraying that character if you get my drift yeah and these are aspects of the film that i really admire because i think when we're talking about wanting more diversity in cinema wanting more diverse portrayals and representations we don't want um every film about someone who is disabled or someone who is queer or someone who is black or asian or native um to be about that aspect of them Yes, her having cerebral palsy and being bisexual are not the only things that happen in the movie. There is a plot on top of that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's which we haven't really gone into. It's but, more about yeah. uh, this young woman's experiences. It's about her um, coming to terms with uh, you know some some drama in her family that I yeah. don't really want to get into because I don't want to spoil things. But overall, like I just feel like the film really falls flat. I really wanted it to be a lot more like um, Gabrielle, which is this Canadian film. It was the Canadian submission for the Academy Awards year came out and it swept the Canadian Screen Awards um, about a young woman with Williamson's disease who starts a sexual relationship with uh, another young man with Williamson's disease. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's a beautiful film, and I think I think had it just had a better a better script and a better kind of sense of visual storytelling. Yeah, I mean it's like, it's not directed in any great shakes. There is an yeah. interesting scene early on when uh, she's friends with another uh, guy who has cerebral palsy, and they've kind of had a little bit of a romance while they're in school. And afterwards, she falls for the lead singer of the band who she mm-hmm. writes lyrics for. And he says, just like a uh, loving a normal person won't make you normal, too. Yeah. Which, 
that might have that aspect could have been a bit more explored because you know she ends up with Conum, who herself is blind. Yeah. So um, I like the way that the film challenges this idea of what is normal. Yes, everyone's sense of normal is personalized and individual, and my normal is very different from. Your normal. This might also come from the fact that every main character is dealing with some sort of uh, disability in their own fashion. Yeah. So it's trying to portray all kinds of uh, hardships that people can have foisted upon them Mm -hmm. and how one can just be a normal person with that in mind. And I really like there's a scene where they're at a uh, Battle of the Bands competition really early on and they win the competition and then the kind of announcer says that they gave it to them because their lyricist um, is a disabled girl. And they pass the mic to her and say, say something inspiring about, you know, the hardships you've overcome. And she just gives them a thing, the finger. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like how, you know, how that kind of, even that success is belittling because she wants to achieve these things on her own terms, not because people take pity on her. Yeah, I would have liked a bit more like that. There's a scene when she's at NYU and the professor of her creative writing class uh, comes to her and says, Hi, how's it going? Thank you for joining our class. Uh, Would you like someone to write things down for you? Because you have difficulty with that. And at first she's like, no, I, you know, I could do it on my own. But then she sees the hunky dude who has been, who has volunteered for this job. She's like, oh yeah, actually (laughs) I could use some help, which is, you know, kind of, I I like that feistiness, but a little bit more of that would have gone a long way for me. I was also impressed that, uh, the film deals with bisexuality Mm -hmm. because I do feel that, you know, when we're talking about LGBTQ representation um bisexuality is one of the sexualities that i feel tends to get ignored or underplayed you know Mm -hmm. i remember when blue is the warmest color came out and everyone was calling it this lesbian drama and yes it focuses on a relationship between two women but adele in that film i don't think is a lesbian i think she is bisexual Um, And no one was using that term when they were writing about the film. Everything was about how she just, about how she finds out she's a lesbian, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, but she's also having sex with men and she seems to not be defining herself one way or the other. And so I liked here that um, Layla realizes that she's attracted to both sexes and embraces that term of bisexuality you know she looks up on her ipad and she goes oh well now i have a word for this i guess um something that also seemed interesting about this especially coming off of of, of our sex comedy episode (laughs) last week is that the depictions of uh sex in the film are actually reasonably explicit for uh you know hindi cinema and yeah. this did not really get the savaging at the hands of the censors. That's something like Mastizad, which is infinitely more uh, juvenile and really, like, doesn't have anything going on apart from uh, having a sexy girl in it with regards to that. Like, mm-hmm. the actual content on screen in this movie is much more explicit, I would say. Yeah, I mean, there is no... It's not blue is the warmest color, for no, instance, no, but no. what no... is... There's no nudity, but 
And I will say that it did get a couple cuts at the censor board. Um, surprisingly, in the heterosexual sex scene, not in the homosexual sex scene. Well, that's a lot darker because they're at uh, the blonde girl's house, and <laughs> yeah, it, it totally it. made sense that a blonde girl wouldn't have the lights on all the time. Because yeah. why would you? Um, but you do you do get a sense in these scenes that they're not gratuitous in any way. They're uh, they're very tender, um, and you know there is a sense that you know people are orgasming and people are having an experience. But it's also not quite uh, you know like coming home either mm-hmm. um, it's, it's shot very close to her face yeah but they're lovely like I, and, and I think they really kind of punctuate um, you know this girl's journey throughout the film you know because it really is just about this character mm-hmm. I just I really had a hard time with this movie like I just really want to like it yeah but I couldn't I couldn't get into it, and I just... I don't think it's well made. I don't think I... It's got one great performance in it, but otherwise, I don't think it's well made. Yeah, I don't think I would really recommend it, but I don't fault it for not really going farther. Yeah. Like, it... It, uh... I think a lot of people would be able to just appreciate this on its own merits. It it works basically okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not, you know, rush out and see it. Yeah. Well... On that note, I think we're going to take a quick break, mm-hmm. have a quick interval, and we will play a song sample from Kapoor and Sons since 1921, which we will be discussing. Welcome back. That was a brief sample from Kar Gai Chol off the soundtrack to Kapoor and Sons since 1921. Um, I'm going to lay my cards on the table right now and say that Kapoor and Sons since 1921, which we're going to call Kapoor and Sons because <laughs> we're going to say the title a bunch more times, is definitely our favorite movie of these three. And it's certainly the most Bollywood of the three. Yeah. It comes from Karen Johar as producer. Doesn't get much more Bollywood than that. And maybe it doesn't get much more gay than that. Yeah. It has um, traditional song sequences in the way you would assume in a Bollywood movie. There are yeah. dance scenes and a completely extraneous um, song for <laughs> YouTube called Let's Nacho, which uh, is now the theme song of eating nachos at our house, <laughs> but really has nothing at all to do with the film. Yeah. Uh, so in the movie... Um, Rishi Kapoor plays the patriarch of a family that has spread out across the globe. His uh, son, Harsh, lives with him, and and Harsh's wife, Sunita, they all live together. And uh, Rishi Kapoor, a little bit of a drama queen. He's um, always feigning death. Yeah, pretending that he's had a heart attack, and his family's actually kind of sick of it by now, but he actually does have a heart attack, mm-hmm. and... This brings his grandsons from across the globe back home for his 80th birthday, which is also happening. <laughs> yes. Um, all Rishi Kapoor's character, whose name is Amarjeet, 
All Amar Jeet wants is a nice family photograph that has the words. Kapoor oh, it's ninetieth birthday. Sorry, it's babe. his ninetieth birthday. Oh, I think I, I, I said eighty. Yeah. 90th. All Rishi Kapoor wants is a nice family photograph that says Kapoor and Sons since nineteen twenty one underneath. But you know, getting that photograph is much more difficult than it sounds. Like I said, he has a heart attack, and this calls back his grandsons. Fawad Khan plays uh, Rahul, who is a very successful author living in London. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's He's in London, where Siddharth Mahotra is a less successful author. He's a struggling author. Mm-hmm. Who he's trying is, to get published. Yeah, who hasn't been published yet. And he's uh, just being a bartender in New Jersey at the time. And his character's name is Arjun Kapoor. It's Arjun Kapoor. <laughs> one of the... Arjun Kapoor and I'm going to say Ranveer Singh are names that come up way more often without those actual people attached to them. Yeah. And, I mean, this movie came out this year. It's a little bit weird to just have your main character be the same name as a famous person in the same industry. It's like as a it, contemporary of Siddharth Malhotra's too. Yeah, it's like <laughs> if you had a modern day romantic comedy starring a guy named Jack Nicholson <laughs> or Ryan Gosling. Like what? It, it, it's it's a very yeah. weird thing that yeah. happens. Ranveer Singh kind of comes from more of a historical background, so you're going to get. You know, warriors named Ranveer saying that kind of thing. Well, in race... Or gangsters. We, <laughs> we're getting off topic, but in race where you do have a character named Ranveer Singh, that film came out before Ranveer Singh, the actor, became big. Yeah. Um, whereas here, Arshan Kapoor, the actor, is already big. That yeah, I wonder, said, what he, I wonder what he thought of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be worth looking him up on Twitter to see, like, oh, I, I did a great job in this movie. <laughs> that being said, I mean, Arjun Kapoor is a common name. You yeah. know? I mean, my name's Aaron Fraser. Well, <laughs> Kapoor is probably the most common name you're going to find in yeah. Indian cinema, both in the terms of characters and actors. Yeah. And Arjun, you know, just a common first name. Anyway, we're getting <laughs> off topic. Um the two grandsons come home. There's also an uncle who really gets short shrift because his life is much less dramatic. Yeah, his family seems to be going great. Um, and Rahul, while he's back in India, decides that he's going to move his writing retreat that he's working on. Mm-hmm. He's, he's putting together a plan to build this writing retreat for authors to come by and work on their works. And he meets uh, Ali Abad, who is a young woman who's... Family has died, and they've left her with uh, sort of a country estate mm-hmm. that she's looking to sell off. Uh, coincidentally, Siddharth Malhotra also meets Ali Abbat in dramatic fashion by meeting her at a party, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of a you know a romantic triangle there. Yeah, when the trailers for this initially came out, they really played up that love triangle. Um, and so I thought I thought that's what it was going to be about this kind of sibling rivalry over Ali Abbat, whose character's name is Tia. Um, but the film actually revealed itself to be so so much more than that, and not at all cliched. Yeah, we should. I, I mean, we're trying not to spoil a lot of this movie, but, but we, we are going to have to spoil yeah. the reason that we've put this film. On this episode. Actually, sort of similarly to Margarita with a Straw, you do not find out until halfway through, if not more, that one of the characters is gay. And that's Farwood Khan's character. He has a boyfriend back home named Nick, which is a Nicky. It's a gender neutral uh, term of endearment, you could say. Yeah, his mom thinks that he has a girlfriend named Nikki. Yeah. But uh, this all kind of comes to a head. And by the end, by the midpoint of this movie, 
everyone has beef with everyone else yeah. about something, and it's not all the same thing. Like, everyone is very disappointed in each other, and what is going to make this family come back together? Yeah, and the queer aspect of this film, the queer storyline, is only one small part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's certainly a very important part of it, and I think it's extremely well handled, but I think everything is extremely well handled in this film. Uh, we're also going to be talking about this film next week, so I think it, for now we're really going to focus on Fawad Khan's character because it is the subject of this episode. Yeah, Fawad Khan, uh, very, very handsome. Uh, Aaron... <sighs> Is not one to really goggle at people that aren't Ranveer Singh, but uh, <laughs> every time you just came on, you'd be like, man, he should be a model or something. He is a model. I know, but yeah. you, you just kept reinforcing that. I was like, yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> he's yeah. great. Yeah. He's from the Pakistani film industry. He is Pakistani. He's from Lollywood? Um, maybe. He's done some Pakistani television shows as well as some modeling. Um, and then he... He's a handsome dude. ...came to, uh, to Bollywood... We're in a film with uh, Sonam Kapoor. Uh, oh, I'm going to butcher this title. Kutsubrat? Um I don't have the words in front of me, so I apologize if I really butchered that title. Um, which is a film that I haven't seen, um, but that we will watch. It, I've heard really good things about it. Um, so I hadn't seen him before this film, and I think he's phenomenal. Like, he... And... On one hand, yes, he is extremely attractive and very charming, but he also gives this standout performance that I think is incredibly layered. I think you really empathize with this guy, and you know him being gay is something that really organically comes out in the film. And again, like like we were saying with Margaret Straw, it's not a it's not something that defines him. No. It's something that's built into the character. No, him being a writer is probably the most important part of his character. Oh, yeah, and you had no sympathy for his writerly problems. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ducking your editor, uh, that is a shortcut to making me not care for you as a character, but he did he did grow on me after a while. Um, yeah, this is just a great movie all around. We'll talk about it more next week when we do our mid-year wrap-up, but yeah, it's a it's a fine family drama Kind of in the style of a Noah Baumbach, I'd say. Ugh, no. No, it, it's it's no, the same sort of... No, don't compare this movie to Noah Baumbach. It's the same sort of issues coming to light, but in a much more lighthearted... Everyone is far more likable in this film than yeah. anyone in a Noah I'm just Bombach trying to think film. of a director who has made their name on dysfunctional families and isn't Wes Anderson. Because this doesn't have the... Um, visual flair of Anderson. It's it's competently directed. I think there's an interesting color palette because it's all very gray and um, turquoise, mm-hmm. kind of reflecting the sadness inherent in this family. But it's like it it's it's the kind of family drama that we don't see a lot of maybe it's more like ordinary people or something. Like it it is just a it's, it's, a, like, it's a movie where the stakes are all emotional and we do yeah. care about all these people. Yeah, and I think Batra really understands um, visual storytelling and how to express emotion in cinema without, um, you know, just having your characters over-explain themselves or, um, you know, resort to melodrama. Yeah, and, it, and I do, it never becomes melodrama. I do like melodrama, but here everything is kind of so even and... The organic way that Phil Watkins' characters 
secret comes out, I think, is a testament to the confidence that Batra has in how this story is laid out and how he builds connections between characters through shot composition and editing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there are some very touching scenes here where he's trying to come out to his brother. Mm-hmm. You know, he has something to say, but his brother falls asleep. And, you know, it's just such, like, these quiet little moments that really do make up this film, which also is kind of punctuated by some larger emotional outbursts. Yeah. But everything, again, feels very on the level. And then when he finally does, later on in the film, come up to his brother, it's that scene is so well written. Mm-hmm. So well written. And you just, you really do feel like there's a brotherly chemistry between these two guys. Yeah, and then the scene where he comes out to his mother is also uh, appropriately dramatic, I think. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, it encapsulates the feelings that people might feel in that situation. Yeah. Especially in a highly patriarchal society. But I think this is one of the... Best performances of a gay character I've seen in a Hindi film and in film. Yeah. Like, I, I, re- I really do think Fawad Khan, like, really knocks it out of the park here. Do you know who also knocks it out of the park? The main character of Ali Gar, played by <laughs> oh, Menaj Bhai. That's your uh, that's your transition there, Big? That is my transition. Okay, cool. Because I felt that his portrayal of a gay man was also very well done. Okay. Yeah. And interestingly, Menaj Bajpayee, who we, to this point, have only seen as gangsters in movies. Yeah. Because he was in Tevar. He's awful in Tevar. <laughs> no one was really great in Tevar, but he's fantastic in Gangs of Wasepur. Yeah. As the, you know, the second generation of gangsterism in that small town. Here, he has an extremely nuanced performance as a professor of languages who is forcibly outed and kicked out of school by his faculty. Mm-hmm. So, based yeah, on real this life. Yeah, based on a true story. And it's this, it takes place in this kind of brief period of time where homosexual sex is not illegal. Yeah, so this, this, this does kind of revolve around a technicality that occurred maybe six, seven years ago. Not that long ago. Yeah, not that long ago. Where um, the act, the activities of being gay were decriminalized, mm-hmm. and they have since been recriminalized. But it was a, it was a what Supreme Court decision in Delhi that was applied to the rest of the country, I think, mm-hmm. and then, you know, was summarily rolled back. But in Aligarh, which is set at Aligarh University, which is routinely. Uh, told to us is the third highest ranked university of all of India. Uh, Manaj Bajpayee plays S.R. Siras. S.R. Siras, who is a poet turned professor of languages. Yeah, he uh, teaches Marathi and he's also the chair of the languages faculty. Yeah, he explains to a reporter that, you know, if he stayed back where Marathi was the dominant language, he wouldn't have got that far. But if he moves to Aligarh, then he's the only person who could teach it. So, mm-hmm. um, he is in a a scene that I found kind of boring at the very beginning, but gets additional resonance as it's revisit, revisited throughout the mm-hmm. plot. And as we see more details of it. Yeah, we like the, the first 10 minutes of this movie are a little bit perplexing because you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this man and a rickshaw driver, another man, are um, engaged in 
having sex with each other when two journalists break in and start beating them with sticks and recording everything. And then four members of the faculty of the university show up. Yeah. And again, this is what really happened. Yeah. So that's it was about... A, it was a sting operation. Yeah. A honeypot scandal, basically. This is about as dramatic of an outing as you could have. And heartbreaking. It is, really. You know, no no one should have to go through anything like this. Yeah. And uh, Siras, um, it's not a secret that he's gay. A little bit. Like, I think some of his friends know. He doesn't identify as gay. No, he doesn't know what that means. He doesn't care. Yeah, he he's never... I mean, he is of... He's an older generation. Generation, and he, he doesn't have a word for it. He, mm-hmm. But, you know, he goes about his life. And then, when you know, he is suspended from the university because, you know, they see this video and... Um, well, what happens is that... It's apparently against university policy to right. have this happen, and Siras's court case against them is predicated on the fact that if the country as a whole thinks that this is okay due to this, you know, recent ruling, then any institution that is trying to, you know, abolish being gay, on top of that, you can't discriminate. That is discrimination. Yeah. Um, so when all of this kind of happens, he he also resists becoming this martyr this symbol for gay rights he's uncomfortable with that at first because he's a quiet dude he just likes sitting around reading poetry yeah this is not he's not a crusader he's ever asked for and i really like the but the way that that's shown because you know people who find themselves in these situations um are not necessarily activists and you know we don't always talk about that you know, just yeah. just because something traumatic or difficult happened to you doesn't mean you're comfortable becoming well, an advocate. There, you know, let's go a little bit off topic, but there is an excellent Onion article about uh, a woman whose kid drowns in a pool, and she says, "Well, shit! Uh, now I'm the spokesperson for people whose kids drown in pools." Yeah, and you know, there's a lot more to this guy than he he thinks. Yeah. His once uh, Raj Kumar Rao shows up as a uh, journalist uh, named Deepu Sebastian. He's also really cute. Well, Siras <laughs> thinks that this is actually a power play by the faculty who don't like that the the professor of Marathi, who comes from somewhere else, has become the head of the languages department. And he thinks he's being ousted for that. And his, you know, being gay is a convenient tool mm-hmm. for them to use. So he doesn't even think that that's the reason why this happened. It was just, you know... A jealous, a professional jealousy. Yeah, I'm going to ruin this man's life because I want his chair position, or yeah, you know, because he I don't want he, well, he's, he's not he's not an outwardly you know um, flamboyant person. He's not yeah. the sort of person who would be embarrassing the university. Scare quotes. Yeah. He like he wouldn't have been a problem professor if this is the uh, the policy that Eligard wishes to put in place. Yeah. But this is a convenient tool for him to be ousted. And the film really focuses on his relationship with this reporter, Deepu, played by Rajkumar Rao, who we've seen in previous films like uh, Queen, and he has a small role in Gangs of Poor. He's also in, I believe, Dolly Ki Dolly, which is a sonic film. And he's never made an impact on me. Um, and he's kind of an asshole in Queen. Uh, but he's really good in this. Here, he's so good. Yeah. I mean, it, both of these performances are Excellent, and I really and all the other um, kind of uh, secondary characters are the supporting char- 
actors. Also very good. I, you know, I, I really liked this one. This is, you know, it's a tough watch, especially combined with the fact that this actually happened. Yeah. But it, it does bring some visual elements to the fore that I think separated from Margarita with the Straw, for instance. Mm-hmm. So that long, unbroken take at the beginning that I found a little bit boring because you're you're basically looking at the outside of CRS's apartment building. Right. And you see him and the rickshaw driver go upstairs. But we don't know who any of these people are at this point. We see some lights turn on. Then we see the journalists, scare quotes, because they're fucking dicks. Um, there's, the exp- <laughs> the, there's our explicit tag for today. We must always earn our explicit rating. But we see them kind of, uh, you know, breaking each other's balls, going over here. And then we hear a commotion. Mm-hmm. And then later on, we see all the events that led up to that and happened while we were there. And it's it's actually similar to Masson, where the cops did this. Yeah. And cynic that I am, I almost wondered if this was a, you know, if this was the cops doing this rather than the university. Because this is, right. you know, a blackmail technique. Right. And it's... But this guy's got no money. No. He's not a blackmail target, really. Now well, they did the ones in the sun. Yeah, that's true. But it, it uh, once you find out a little bit more what's going on, I guess uh, yeah. Later on, the movie becomes more of a courtroom drama as <laughs> where he's constantly falling asleep. He's falling asleep. He's translating his poetry. That shows the amount that he really cares about being uh, a symbol. He, he could just be- wants his job back. He just he wants, wants his job. He has three <laughs> months left to go yeah. on his contract. That's <laughs> three months to retire. That's to me the ultimate indignity. Had the university just. Waited around for three months, he would have been gone. That's that's the ultimate horror of this movie is that they, you know, they hated him so much. Whoever set him up for this just could not wait three months. Yeah, yeah. I really like the how this film feels like it's very much on a human scale. I couldn't help but compare it to uh, an American film that came out uh, late last year, Free Held, mm. um, starring Julianne Moore and Ellen Page about a case in the 1980s. Um, Julia Moore plays a woman who is dying of cancer and she wants her um, pension benefits. Um, she's a cop. She's a detective. She wants her pension benefits to go to her partner, Ellen Page. Her romantic partner and not her cop partner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael Shannon plays her cop partner. There's probably tons of jokes um, about that, right? Like Maybe. Yeah. Um, and this becomes a catalyst for fighting for gay rights and uh, marriage equality. It's also a real thing that happened. And uh, Steve Carell comes in as this gay advocate and really kind of takes the, you know, the intimate and personal story and struggle that Julianne Moore and Ellen Page are going through and kind of blasts it to the nation and, you know, frights the freeholders of this community to give them equal rights. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not a great film, uh, unfortunately. You know, it's a, it's a subject I care It's a message movie. It, yeah, it becomes this big message movie and it really gets um, derailed by focusing so much more on how Steve Carell uses their experiences to, you know, become this larger symbol. Um, whereas here, so getting back to the film we're actually talking about, Oligar, here it keeps things human scale. Here it really does keep things about um, these two individuals, one who is at the center of this scandal and one who wants to tell 
this man's story in the right way. And is the catalyst for having the court case happen. Because you get the yeah. sense that I mean, you he see... would have just been exiled. He, you know, yeah. he, he really doesn't want to. He doesn't want to fight over something that he doesn't even really think. Like he doesn't. He he doesn't feel he's wrong. Yeah. But he doesn't even think that he could have a chance on his own. Yeah. Like he's not. He's not that person. And you see, you know, like a parade, like the pride parade that's happening right outside of our door right now. Um, but it's not. It, it's very brief. It's not about the. Activism. Well, this guy would never go anywhere near no. such a parade. This, it's that's not his generation. He, yeah. you know, he would not recognize himself in that uh, outward expression. Yeah, and while it does give us some context, you know, about these court cases that have criminalized and then decriminalized and then recriminalized um, sexual gay sexual activity in India, it it really focuses on. On the individuals, mm-hmm. and and I really appreciate that because that's Deku's whole aim. You know, he is seeing the way that other journalists are covering this story, and they're not doing justice to it. You know, they're not talking about how the real issue here mm-hmm. is that someone's privacy was invaded. Yeah, you know, everyone else is focusing on the scandal and and how um, he's been dismissed for his sexuality. And Deepu says, no one is allowed to enter your home without your permission and beat you. Yeah. Just you know? bring a stick and beat the shit out of him, which is what happens. He brings the focus back to, like, that is a criminal act. Yeah. That is a problem. Everyone over here is concerned about the sexual activity, which is currently legal. Either you're pro or against it, yeah. Yeah. But there is a... And he says, you know, like, I want I want people to understand you yeah. and, and how you have been violated. Mm-hmm. And he recognizes that no one's telling that story. And the friendship that develops between the two of them, I think, is really lovely. Yeah. Um, this one will make you very sad. <laughs> it, yeah. Especially with the fact that it actually happened. But I think on the whole, it was really successful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do really like this film. Um, though, you know, it's, it's just it's not as entertaining as fun as Kapoor and Sons. Um, but I think this is really well done and really emotional and, mm-hmm. you know, well we're seeing. If you're in Edmonton, it's playing at the uh, upcoming um, Indian Film Festival at the Metro Cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go see it in theaters. Um, we were able to watch it um, online legally. Yeah, we watched it on uh, Butterflix, if I think yeah. so. Um, but, you know, yeah. if you're one of our local listeners... Go check it out in theaters. Yeah, I guess uh, to sum it all up, what we have here is three movies with very strong performances by their main characters, mm-hmm. main actors, um, but with different um, levels of technical craft in the construction of the film and just general uh, story interest. But on the whole, you know, I think we found some really good uh, recent films talking about it, LGBTQ issues. Do these three films give you hope that we might see more diverse portrayals and representation in Bollywood cinema. Um, well, I, I do think that Fawad Khan's character in Kampoor and Sons could be influential and the fact that, you know, this film is not an issues film about... Yes gay rights, the fact that it's very much this family 
dramedy and that it is kind of a, in many ways, a traditional Bollywood film could mean that we could see more acceptance of gay characters who are not comic relief. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, uh, in a sort of stupid, nerdy way, he did remind me of uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim's roommate Wallace in Scott Pilgrim, the film and the book, where him being gay, I mean, he has sexual appetites, he thinks that Chris Evans is hot, for instance, but he's just a character in the movie and he's not a stereotype. Yeah. And this does point towards, you know, normalization of gay people in the cinema, which is great. Yeah. Um, uh, Marguerite with a straw, a little bit more focused on struggles of people who have disabilities, but also just puts people with disabilities into an you know family drama. Right. It's also good. Um, Aligarh, I would like to say that I would like to see more movies like Aligarh, but the fact that it actually happened makes me <laughs> want less movies like Aligarh because I hope things would get better. Yeah. But if movies based on real events that, you know, feature gay people in pretty sad situations continue to happen. Hopefully they're handled with the aplomb that we find in Aligarh. I really want to see, like, a, a gay band Baja Bharat or Humpy Sharmakita Hania. Like, I want a classic rom-com uh, girl meets girl or boy meets boy film that's, like, you know, that's comedic, has fun dancing, and has, like a good dose of melodramatic romance. Yeah, I, I think having a gay star action film would be really cool. Oh, yeah, just, that would also be just cool. Just an Indian super cop beating the shit out of guys, and also, he likes dudes. What of it? Yeah. But I can't really think of many Hollywood films that have done that so far either. So it's it's untapped uh, potential for all kinds of world cinema, I'd yeah. say. Just make more characters gay people. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. There's gay people walking around all the time. They're- but, again, I like how... How casually uh, Kapoor and Sons goes about it. Like, it is a really important part of the film. It doesn't derail the movie. It doesn't, yeah. It's, the movie is not about being gay. One of the characters happens to be gay. I would like to see more of that. And I do, and Kapoor and Sons has been very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I really hope that um, the filmmakers in Bollywood, you know, see how you can do it. You yeah. know, and. And also kind of expand on that. I'm still just continually happy to see that a interesting family drama can, you know, put as many butts into seats as, you know, an action movie or yeah. like, I I, really I'm, love... I'm happy, I'm happy with the, I'm happy with, I'm, that sounds condescending. I, it, it is heartening to see that a, a world cinema can have films based on just sort of real human stories instead of superheroes and spaceships and stuff like those movies be really successful as well i just that just makes me happy yeah and you know i think family dramas is one of the things that bollywood does the best yeah so that brings us to the end of this episode about lgbtq issues in recent bollywood and hindi cinema next two weeks from now we're going to be talking about (laughs) next episode uh, next episode (laughs) that's it uh we are going to be doing our mid-year wrap-up where we talk about the the highs, the lows of uh, Bollywood cinema that we've had access to over the past year. Yeah, so we'll be looking at many films. We'll be returning to Kapoor and Sons. We'll also be discussing uh, Wazir and Ki and Ka, uh, Mastizade again, maybe. Fatur. Oh, uh, yes, Fatur. Airlift. Airlift yeah. Nirja. Uh, yeah, a bit of a kind of a mid year check in. Where are we at with uh, Bollywood cinema? Midway through... What big generalizations can we point to? <laughs> yeah. With our... What movies uh, are worth checking out and which ones are not? Yeah. 
Spoiler alert, don't watch Monster Zone. <laughs> uh, anyway, before then, how can people contact the show? Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is BollywoodPod. You can follow me personally, because I'm fun and maybe funny. Let me know if I'm funny. Um, at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-S-E-R. You can find me at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. We also have a Tumblr, BollywoodIsForLovers.tumblr.com, where we occasionally post pictures and things, and our episodes are available there. And uh, for places you can listen to the show at, you can find us at Audio Boom. You can find us at iTunes. You can find us at Google Play as of yesterday. Ooh. If you're an Android user, you can find us in the Google Play Store. We're hopefully getting into Spotify at some point. You could find us at uh, Eros Now in the Bollywood Bits section. Yeah. There's plenty of ways that you can catch up with our prior episodes if you're a new listener. And you can also like us on Facebook and talk to us there. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you think of this episode. Give us episode ideas. Uh, a few of our episodes, a few of our favorite episodes have come from the viewers themselves. Yeah. And by viewers, I mean listeners. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you can view the they podcast are viewer- playing they, on your screen. Is they are viewers of cinema <laughs> who are also listeners of podcasts. <laughs> oh, and... You can listen to my other show, Trash Art in the Movies, uh, on iTunes that I do every week with uh, Paul Matmachuk. We recently did an episode on um, uh, two films dealing with uh, gay culture, uh, Brokeback Mountain and Cruising. So, <laughs> <laughs> Much, much different films from the ones we discussed today, yeah. especially Cruising. Holy shit. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're interested in more conversations about queer representation in cinema, go check out that episode. Yeah. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you.